Hey guys, what's up? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Okay, I have been a little bit stressed out recently uh, because, as you guys know, I'm relaunching the course. The course is coming out on the 28th. If you guys haven't been to adjourneyyouse.com slash course yet to lock in the $19 rate for a journey social, my social media management course, go ahead and do so. Uh, yeah, it's coming out very soon. So I've been hustling to get that done. And I feel like timing is just so interesting because that's when your personal life collapses. And that's also when people come out of the woodwork and start asking for favors <laughs> and questions. And I want to be really clear in this episode, I am 100% all about helping people that you care about, helping your friends, helping people who have supported you, you know, online or in your business some way. But I've been getting so many random questions and I thought that this was a really appropriate time to bring up this archival episode is what I'm going to be calling, I guess, these throwback episodes, whatever you want to call them from my video series, Freelance Friday. So this is called Why I Stopped Doing Favors. Again, I think I can be, I don't know, I think maybe I was a little bit cutthroat in this video, but I just want you guys to know that there's there's a way to deflect, like there's a way to not get taken advantage of, but still make space, make time for you. And I have been challenging myself in my life, especially with this course relaunch happening and I've been tra- I'm been traveling so much and just doing so much. I have been challenging myself so much to just say no more. And that's in my business, definitely when it comes to free things in my business, giving stuff away for free, but even just in my personal life. Like I just had a conversation with my partner the other day like and I feel bad cuz I can't go to an event that his family's doing, but I just I I actually can't. And I just had to say, I'm so sorry. Like, I really, I can't. Let me make it up to you. And you have to know when you're at your limit. And I feel like I am such a people pleaser and I'm all about giving away value for free and I want to help people. That's just who I am. It's in my blood. But you guys, this is one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in this past year. And like I said, especially in these past few months, you have to know when is enough. So Hope you guys enjoy this episode. This was recorded, I think, a year or two ago. So my workload has only increased since then. And it's a good one to look back on. So hope this is helpful for you. Hope um, you guys say no a little bit more this year and into the next one. And be sure to come back next week on Friday for a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh so rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Hello. Hey, LJ. What's up? It's uh, it's Norris from the. Uh... Oh, yeah. I remember you. What's up? Yeah, exactly. From from the thing. So, um, I heard from a buddy of mine that you're doing some social media now. Um, yeah, I do. I, I have my own business. I, I I have a a company I'm starting up, and and I was wondering if I could pick your brain, uh, over coffee. 
Hello everyone, welcome back to Freelance Friday. I believe this is episode four, which I feel like these are just scooting on past me. So, what do you do when people don't want to pay you for your work? <laughs> it, this is probably one of the most common questions I get from fellow freelancers is like, you know, my friends always want me to work for free and or my clients don't want to pay me what I propose to them. So. In this episode, we are going to investigate. So I have to give credit to Forbes for this because they wrote an article, I'll, I'll leave the article down below, but there's a really great article public, published on Forbes earlier last year, and it talked about, um, I think it was called What to Do When Somebody Asks to Pick Your Brain on Social Media Over Coffee. And if I had a penny for every time a friend of mine wanted to do that, I'd be rich. I wouldn't have to work. This happens so often and it's one of those like awkward situations as a freelancer, as a business owner that it really requires a little bit of expertise and honestly just a little bit of experience before you really start to know where to draw the line and how to phrase things and all that stuff. So a couple of examples, saw that you do social media, you're really good at it. Um, I'd love like your opinion on something. Innocent enough, ish i mean if you're literally asking me my opinion like what do i think of this hashtag versus this hashtag do i think that that's crossing the line no i mean if we're friendly if we're like cordial i don't think that's weird but if you're literally asking me what usually happens which is hey let's sit down and have a full-blown strategy session where you're going to give me like takeaways and formal feedback and give me a list of resources I should go to. I mean, that's work. And as much as I love my job and as much as I love social media and as much as I love my friends, it's work. The other situation is one that we tend to get in quite often where it's a potential client, but it's either a friend or somebody that you've worked with in some other kind of business realm, maybe a former colleague. And so they call you and you're like, I'm not gonna tell my former boss to pay me for a discovery session. Like that's a little like weird, you know? And maybe they just wanna talk about career opportunities. Maybe they had a really cool job come up at their company that they want me to apply for. You know, it's like that weird situation where you're like, I don't know if this is a consultation, I don't know what this is. So you go and it ends up being like, okay, yeah, I'm going to literally do the same thing as your friend did, get all these takeaways and notes and all this stuff, and then I'll let you know if I'm interested in hiring you. Okay, so here's the thing. I have friends who have a specific trade or craft that I really look to them for expertise in. One quick example, one of my oldest friends from my hometown is a doctor. He's studying to be a doctor. I cannot tell you how many times I've texted him like, um, my ankle is a little swollen, it's been swollen for two weeks, you think that's normal? And he responds and he gives me like his nice doc doctor speak, I'm not your doctor, however, blah, blah, blah. And then I move on with my day, okay? Am I gonna Venmo him 20 bucks for that? No. But if I were to actually ask him to physically take a look at my body, of course I would pay him. That's strange, unless you're in an emergency situation. Same thing, I mean, I have a ton of beauty girl um, friends who do like makeup or hair. I would never be like, hey, can you just like do my makeup for me? Like I have this event. I may ask them, hey, what color do you think would be more suitable for my skin tone, this pink color or this red color? 
you know, that's called picking your brain. A picking your brain to me is like a two second, you know, it doesn't really require a lot of thought. It's like back of your hand kind of knowledge type stuff. Anything more extensive than that is what I would consider like a consultation. So how do you respond to that? Um, I've gotten better at this. Honestly, I'm still not perfect. And I just think, like I said, that's something that comes with experience and it comes with you know, just knowing like the warning signs, I think. So what I do, which is not perfect, but when I have a friend or a former colleague or like whatever it is who asks me, hey, can I pick your brain over coffee? I usually try to get a little bit of information first because it might honestly just be an innocent thing. I've had friends from a previous generation who just don't even know how to use Facebook and that's literally what they're asking like they want to share pictures with their daughters at school I would never have someone pay me to teach them how to upload pictures for their daughter at college so yeah I try to get a little bit more information like okay cool like what are you are, what are you working on are you working on a project are you just like curious about what I do or you know what are you asking and then I can kind of divide from there. I get a lot of people also from college and stuff who want to know about my career. So then that's a perfect place for me to plug my e-course that I have, which um, anybody can join. You click a little link, you pay once and you have access to this amazing course, which teaches everything that you need to know about getting started as a freelance social media manager. So if I find out that they want to know about my career, then I push them that link. I say, oh great, like I actually just launched an e-course, here's the link. I'd love to answer any questions that you have. Feel free to send me an email. And I try to stop it at an email because it's a little bit easier for you to hold your distance through email. You can really think about what you're gonna say and you know, just kind of gauge what people want a little bit better than literally sitting face to face and they're like, okay, so what do you think I do for this? What do you think I do for this? Because I tense up and I feel really bad just saying like, sorry, I'm gonna have to start charging you now. Click. So I try to keep it to like email. Now, if it's a close friend, that's different. But if it's a close friend, here's the thing. My friends know how important my business is to me. My friends know how hard I work. And I don't think many of them would do that to me. And if they did, I would have no problem being like, Dude, you literally know that I work like 12 to 14 hour days every single day. You know that whatever, like this isn't just for fun. And so I think at the end of the day, that's a big part of it too, is just the way that you portray yourself and you portray your business and your, you know, your freelancing career and all that stuff. Like if you make it seem like it's just this fun little thing that you do, I I'm kind of starting to hate the term side hustle because I think that it like really downplays it. You, you're running a business, like you're, you're, free, you're running a freelance business. You know, treat it like that and other people will realize, okay, cool, like she's really serious about this. And it's not just like fun money. I don't know why people think that. I mean, look at the numbers, especially for people who are in my generation and have this kind of, kinds of student loans that we have and maybe getting our healthcare taken away and all of this kinds of stuff. Like this isn't fun, this is my future. Like I don't have a pension, you know, back in the day, like our parents had pensions, like we don't get that. So, you know, I'm not saying that you have to be super, super transparent about money because I think that's a conversation that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And like, I don't want to tell people how much money I make and that this is real, that it's not just like, oh, fun, $5, woohoo, you know, but I do like to just be honest, especially with my friends about like, yeah, this is a significant portion of my income. And you know, my business is the reason that I was able to buy a new car last year. Like, 
I wouldn't be able to do that just working, you know, the job that I was at before or something like that. So yeah, just try to be, you know, honest without being like braggy or, you know, rude or anything like that. But if people start to build value in that and realize like, oh, wow, like that's, this is serious. They're not going to do that as much. Now, the other part of this whole puzzle is when a client doesn't want to pay you. Um, and this is a little bit of a different situation, but you know, let's say that you send a proposal over and you know, it's what you think is fair. It's what you always charge people. And they're like, can I get, you know, $300 knocked off that price? Or maybe even not that dramatic, you know, maybe it's like a hundred dollars or whatever it is. If they're asking for a discount, how do you handle that? When do you say yes? That kind of stuff. So, this happens to everybody and you know I have recently kind of had a shift in how I feel about that because before when that would happen I would get like really I don't want to say offended but I would get kind of like seriously like my rationale was always like I go to a hairstylist okay I, I don't want to sound mean but I got a really horrible blowout in New York a couple weeks ago I my hair like still looks like straw from it um but you know, I paid the price that was written on the menu and I gave her a tip because that's just what you do. Like, I don't know. And so my thought when a client would do that was always like, my price is written. Why? Like, no, you know what I mean? But now I don't know. I've kind of adjusted how I feel, you know, a, bit, a big part of business is negotiation. And it took another freelancer saying that to me to be like, okay, you're right. But there is a certain line that you, you can't cross. You know what I mean? You still need to pay your bills. And again, this goes into what I said before of like building up your career. Like this isn't just a fun thing for you. And even if it is a side hustle and even if it is a fun side thing that you do in your spare time, that doesn't mean that like you don't have a use for it. Like even if you're only making a hundred dollars a month from freelancing, that's, you know, half of my student loan payment. That is a huge alleviation for me. You know, if you're making $500 a month, that's my student loan payment and my car payment. You know, that's half of my rent, like whatever it is, like that's means something. And so don't let people like devalue that and make you feel like you don't deserve it or that, you know, for some reason, because it's just like freelancing and it's not a nine to five job that, you know, you aren't entitled to your money or that you don't have a good use for or that you're just a dumb kid who's like playing around at the arcade with it. Like that's not the case. So again, treat your business like a business, be serious about it, you know, go in there professionally. That's why I've said before, you know, that I'm really glad that I've had corporate experience because I think it's helped me and I'm not saying you need corporate experience, but I'm just saying, I think that my corporate experience has helped me, you know, present myself in a certain way and present myself very, adult-like, you know, even though I'm clearly an adult, people still will always refer to me as a kid. Establish those behaviors from the get-go. If your client still tries to talk you down, have a limit for yourself. It just kind of depends, you know, 10% of $10 and 10% of $1,000 are two very different amounts. But for me, like 10% is where I'll kind of be like, all right, like if you're telling me, you know, you're a small business, you're a startup, you're a nonprofit, you're something like that. Or if you're somebody who I personally pursued, I don't do that a ton. Most of my like clients, because I'm always so busy, most of my clients just kind of come to me, which I know is a blessing. But you know, if it's somebody who I'm like, mm, I see that this restaurant's opening down the street from my house, I would really like to get some free gluten-free pizza and I would really like to establish a relationship with that company. I'm gonna walk over there and talk to them. If I pursue them, I'll be a little bit more lenient with my payment structure. So yeah, I, that's kind of where I'll do my first cut. And I'll be like, you know, I can try to shave off 10% of the cost. 
10% I think is a good standard like starting off point. Now if they're asking for more than that, you really have to start thinking about cutting services like seriously, like not just like taking like a small, you know, little bonus kind of thing off. Taking, you know, okay, well you said that you want social media management, consulting, you know, strategy sessions, check-in calls, um, images created, like I can't do all of that for a hundred dollars a month, you know, just an example. Like it, it, I would literally be paying, I'd be losing money because I could be doing other projects for other clients or, you know, working other more hours at my job or whatever the case. So you have to be like, okay, I can do a strategy call with you and create a social image or whatever you think is fair. But yeah, I mean, that's the only way. Now, the other thing with that is you really need to build value again, not just in your business, but in your services. So what are you going to bring them? Because a lot of people are really hesitant and I know specifically for social media, I don't, you know, I think graphic design and stuff like that, people are a little bit, I, I don't know, some graphic designers are probably gonna be like, you're wrong. But from what I see, like graphic design and stuff like that, people know that they need it and they know that it's a skill that they can't do. Like I, I have Photoshop on my computer. I can't really use it very well. So I would pay somebody in a heartbeat, whatever the cost was, I'd just be like, all right, sure, I need that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to build a window cling. But for social media, because it's so like easy in a way to do on your own, it gets a little tricky because people are like, oh, you want like a thousand dollars a month? Again, all of these numbers that I'm throwing out, I'm just throwing out numbers. Um, but like you want a thousand dollars a month to post on Facebook, I can do that by myself. So you really have to build value in what you're doing and bring case studies and say, you know, I've increased this brand's social reach and earned media value by X amount of dollars in three months. This brand saw an increase of X amount of clicks in a month, which, you know, clicks are the most important thing because they're bringing them to the website or the point of sale or whatever it is. You really have to like come with stats like that. Because if you don't, people are just thinking like that they're just hiring a body to just type fun things on Facebook. And if you do social media, you know that that's not what it is. It's, at the end of the day, it's about making money. And I know that sounds really whatever, but that's what it is about at the end of the day. With all that said, if you still feel like it's just like this game and it's becoming like this thing that, you know, you don't feel like negotiating all day long, just be honest about it and be like, you know, maybe we're not, we, we aren't going to work that well together. This is one of the reasons that I have a slew of fellow social media managers and people who do other similar gigs in my contacts because, you know, I know plenty of people who are just starting out and would maybe take a project for, you know, 30% less than I would. So I'll be like, you know, I think that this project is going to require a little bit more than I have to give. I do have um, somebody who I know who I think would be really excited to work with your brand would probably be able to offer you a little bit of a lower price point because they're a little newer. Let me pass their name along to you, that kind of thing. And always get permission before you start doing referrals and stuff. But that's kind of a way to end a client relationship before it gets out of hand while still being nice. It's not just like, hey, sorry, I can't help you for that amount of money. Like, I'm too good for that. You know, always try to come up with a, with a solution. And that's not your job. It's not your job to sit there and play matchmaker for potential clients, but it does just look really good on you. And at the end of the day, if 
client didn't sign with you, but they ended up signing with somebody a little bit newer and a little bit more affordable, they're still going to look at you really positively and they're still probably going to recommend you. If they have a business owner, friend who you know has a much bigger marketing budget, they will probably still think of, of you. And that's actually happened to me several times before. It's kind of just that karma thing and like put good things out into the world and it'll come back to you. So yeah, those are my solutions. I know that they're not perfect and I think that it's just such a learning experience and it all just starts with being confident in what you're offering and confident in yourself and standing up for yourself. You know, know what you're worth. It's super, super important. A lot of people really undervalue a lot of our services and it's up to us to prove why we make the difference for their business. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful for you. And uh, leave me a comment, let me know what you thought, and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help, and you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro-Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro-Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.